it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Midweek Fix for this Wednesday night. Uh, I am your host Gav and with me this week I have got Jamie, I have got Shawnee and I have got Keith. Um, they will be joining me in a second on screen. On the show tonight is of course Atletico 2, Liverpool 3. We're going to have a look at how good a win that was. We're going to have a little chat about um, how good a three points it was. Um, Salah has scored nine games in a row now. Um, it's a new record, just another one for him um, to add to the list. Alisson was amazing and um, we're going to definitely talk about that. We're going to talk about the midfield field and Kate being substituted and there's been a lot on social media today about it but without going into the whole social media stuff we just want to talk about how we thought the midfield um, performed yesterday. Um, Mane 100 goals in the Premier League at the weekend we want to have a big chat about how good a signing Sadio Mane has been. Uh, Manchester United away on Sunday's the next game and we'll touch on that and of course winners and losers followed by um, a little chat around Sienna Steps because she's very very close to what she needs to to where she needs to be and we've a little announcement at the end of the show as well so stay tuned. Um, there you go, lads are on the screen. Uh, Jamie Keith and Shawnee all in great form, all delighted. Um, United got a win there tonight, and Ole remains at the wheel, um, fully insured. Um, it could be tour party for in theft. I'm not too sure, but he's at the wheel anyway. And um, of course, we have got them coming Sunday. And early uh, spoiler, we are going to upend them fuckers on Sunday, right? That comes straight from me. And um, clip it up all you want, but we're going to upend them on Sunday, right? Let's get into it. Um, I've ruined myself early, but let's get into it. Um. Atletico Madrid 2, Liverpool 3 and a horrible place to go. Not beaten at home in the Champions League for four years, I think I read. Somewhere there last night or this morning. Liverpool went there, started like a house on fire. Forgot to play football for 20 minutes. Um, got a bit of an advantage with a sending off and won the game through Mo Salah. Shawnee, um, just taking away everything that I've explained there. It's a massive win to go and win there, isn't it? It's a huge three points regardless of performance or, or circumstance or whatever. It's a massive three points. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge uh, three points. Any win on the road in the Champions League is always huge. And I think with that win last night, we broke we kind of broke the back of the group now. Um, 
well, more or less one foot into the last 16. And at the end of the day, that's actually what's most important. I always find with European away is that the, the level of performance never, ever matters. It, it's only ever about the result, especially away from home in Europe, especially away at Atletico, which is famously a horrible place to go for so many reasons because they make it difficult. They, not only the, the players, but the fans and the, the, the whole carry-on of the whole lot. And I'm sure we'll get into it. But look, ugly wins. A win's a win. Three points for a win. Nine, nine from nine. It's looking good. Um, we might have some breathing space now looking at the the back end of this group now in the Champions League campaign, the group stage, coming up to a packed November, December. It'll be nice to be able to rotate a little bit better. And that's something that I feel Klopp has really learned from this year. I think if, if you could be critical of Klopp in his time at Liverpool, you could sometimes say that he hasn't rotated well enough and sometimes his, his substitutions can be more reactive than proactive. And I think what we were seeing sort of an evolution of Klopp in that sense because he got a right again yesterday. He made the change he has to make at half-time uh, and he eventually would a bit of luck see the game out. But it won't matter at the end of the day how you play. Like I said, performance does not matter. It's, it's about results and three points away from home to the top-seeded team in the group it is brilliant and it just means we have that little bit of reading space now in the group Jono says we beat the Spanish champions in their own backyard result was all a matter that they are hard to play against Jamie nobody gives a shit how well we played at Anfield last season and went out to Atletico Madrid so why should exactly. we give a shit about how we played last night and going and taking three points there um, it, Shani says it results are all that matters and, and one string to many champions or potential champions bow is winning when not playing well and I thought that was the case last night and I was quite ha- I was delighted in the manner of the win a 3 or 4 nil. I would have been delighted with but to, to, to grind them 3-2 um, in, in the way we did and the way they go on I, it was perfect for me I, I loved every minute of it. Like it wasn't, a, you know, you want to be involved in the biggest games and we're playing against a team that haven't lost in Europe in four years. Um, I think, Shawnee, you'd be able to tell me being a man of uh, uh, Spanish heritage. Uh, is that one of the first times that they've had fans back in the stadium as well? I think in Europe. COVID yeah, in Europe. In, in so Europe, a, yeah, yeah. It's a massive occasion for them. And let's not, you know, let's not beat around the bush. When Liverpool come to town, it's a massive occasion. So this was a huge game for them. Um, Liverpool, if you think back to 2019, we mastered the art of winning ugly. We played so many games in that kind of unbeaten run where we weren't at it, but we found a way to to, to win the game. And last night was amplified as well by all the antics. Let's get one thing straight. I love the, the, the dark art, but Atletico and the manager take the absolute piss. You know, so, you, so you're managing the game. You're trying to manage the crowd. You're trying to manage their antics. You've thrown away a two-goal lead. There was a lot of things up against this Liverpool team and somehow they managed to come out with the results. And ultimately for me at this stage, as Shawnee says, results are all that matter. Um, you know, I'd be I'd be a lot more... I'd be a lot worried, more worried if we're going to these games, you know, particularly with the game that we've got coming up at the weekend and, you know, we don't find a way to throw, you know, see that game out. Uh, we're throwing away silly points. Uh, we're losing, you know, games from winning positions or we're dropping points. No, we showed that we've got a, a bit of balls about this team. Uh, we stood up to 
a lot of provocation, a lot of pressure. The atmosphere was unbelievable and we found a way to get the win. So for me, absolutely buzzing and, and looking forward to rolling on to, to the weekend against United. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like, um, you know, Kieran B says there, they were giving the game off at the weekend as well. So everything was put in, in, in place for them where I know we had a handy win at the weekend, but it's still another game. And, you know, this one and then United again on Sunday and then Preston in the Cup and then Saturday we played Brighton. So there's loads of games for us to chance. The fact that they get a weekend off after an international break was a big thing. And they have got a deep squad, as someone else said in the chat. But Keith, it, it's a great result. It's a great three points. Um. I want to touch on a couple of players, though. And Mohamed Salah scores two last night. I thought it was one. It's being confirmed as two. Um, for his ninth consecutive game for Liverpool scoring. And it's a record now. It's a club record. <laughs> the first one is ridiculous, isn't it? And the, and the killness of the second one, where Oblak is literally standing there while he's taking the penalty. Um, he's nearly beside him. We're running out with things, I'm being honest. It's, 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 it's the Ballon d'Or year. That's what we're, we're living through right now. It's the Ballon d'Or year. We're going to look back on this next year, you know, after we win the Premier League and the Champions League at the same time. And we're going to call this man the greatest. You know, that, it, it, to be able to have such a such control over these games, you know, let's look at those goals. Um, the goal against Chelsea was a vital penalty um, when we were 1-0 down. Um, you know, he scores against uh, what against Leeds, vital goal. Against AC Milan, you know, vital goal. Every goal that he scored for us in, in this run that he's been on has been vital goals at key moments in the game when you, something needs to happen. They've not been the the last goal of the four or the five. Watford, or, you know, Watford but, is probably yeah, one. That, yeah. Probably the, yeah, exactly. That. Probably Watford, um, uh, was, but he got the assist to set up the first goal. So again, we look at his goals from how much they've helped us but even the assists you know he's he's just so involved in games and and last night that's what liverpool needed they needed magic because you know for me it was it this victory goes up there it's it's there with the, the Leicester victory you know when, when we went on, on to win the premier league this victory felt a bit like the club world cup, uh, cup final where we had to like dig dirty deep we were playing a, an opposition that was you know, they got the equaliser and, 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 and they were playing that kind of tactic um, long in the game out and, and we just dug in, dug in, dug in and, and, and won the game. And for me, this up there, this is special. This is special. Atleti are our bogey team. Let's not forget. They are our bogey team. And Salah was the difference last night. Again. He was he was brilliant. And, and just the ease in which he floats across the pitch for that fourth one. Oh, and, yeah. the, and the nerve for the penalty I thought was great because Oblak is literally standing over him and over him and over him and then he just sits well, him on the it was so funny it was such an obvious penalty and yet they was crowding the referee <laughs> crowding the penalty spot it's as if they were you know hard done by <laughs> it was and you're just like your manager destroyed fly kick Jota it's a penalty but again the dark arts there and Salah calm as you like or black tries to chat rubbish. You can't speak to a king in this form. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's just oh. ridiculous. Like he just he doesn't seem. Oh, I'd, I'd love to see you know a heart rate monitor on him because it just doesn't look like his heart rate goes up. Um, it just stays there, just bang. He's just always cold, and and that's a huge thing for me over the last over, over the last while with him. Um, he's just been, he just looks like an absolute killer. 
And do you know, you know what's weird though, Gav? With with penalties, I don't know if you're the same. He's got an unbelievable record from penalties, but I always feel like he's going to miss. Oh, yeah. I don't know what it is in my yeah. head. I've just got it. Left I don't foot. fancy him when he steps up. It's yeah. it's odd. It's left, left foot, foot with that kind of arched run. You know, I always I don't have confidence with fellas to take massive run ups to penalties because they've way too much time to be thinking about it. And it's like they're giving themselves that amount of time to try make a decision in their head. And the first rule to a penalty is always know where you're going to put it. Yes. You know, in a penalty shootout, we've all been in them, and you're standing at the halfway line. Whenever I took penalties, and not nowhere near this fucking level, but in a park somewhere, I always knew what corner I was going for, and I never, ever changed my mind. And even with lads on my team or teams against me, and you see them running from, like, fucking halfway between the penalty spot and the halfway line, they run up, and you're going, this fella hasn't a clue where he's fucking putting this. <laughs> um, so it's one of those, but... Yeah, he hasn't missed many. In fairness to him, I think Milan's the only one he's missed. Well, the only man, the only man that saved his penalty in, in some time broke his hand. He's out for three months. So there you go. You know, even, you go. <laughs> even when you do save them, yeah, you're, you're struck down. Um, yeah, but Sean, does it? Does a thing on the screen there from Jeremiah B says Allison was the difference last night. Yeah, now as a man, as the only man on this planet that's better looking than Allison, in my opinion, and <laughs> um, I think it's only right that we come to you to talk about him. So. You know, there's been times, the one thing about Allison is when he makes a mistake, it doesn't seem to affect him. You know, we've seen it happen throughout his Liverpool career, made mistakes, he gets sent off at home to Brighton, doesn't bother him, he just goes on. You know, he loses his, he loses his father last, at the back end of last season and you're thinking, what will that do to me? He just comes back and scores a fucking winning header, you know, ridiculous. And now this season, um, like, Sean, I, I hate to say it, like, how better can this fella get? Because he's just a man mountain. It's, it's consistency for me, Gav. It's, there's a lot of top keepers in the world, but there's not actually many world-class goalkeepers. Um, uh, and for me, that's in the moments like where in that first half, he makes two or three unbelievable saves. And then his game management in the last 10 minutes of the second half where he's just holding on to the ball and he's trying to slow the game down as much as he can. Like, this fella is not that old in terms of a goalkeeper, but he looks like he's been around the block. Uh, I was t- talking to Miel lad earlier on just about the game and Miel is impartial when it comes to Liverpool because he's actually a sports fan. But he said to me today that Alisson is the closest thing he's ever seen to Peter Schmeichel. And... I can is, see that an, is that an intimidation terms? It, it's it's the way he closes down the angle and makes he makes strikers, so big. He makes strikers make decisions before they have to, before they want it. Yeah, like, you know, like you see him coming bearing down on you, and he just always seems to get something on the ball. And when he does save the ball, it's never into danger. He makes really difficult saves look ordinary, and I think that's that's the true barometer of a world-class goalkeeper because he does these things and we're so used to seeing him doing them that it's just ordinary you know he never looks stretched he never looks out of position he never looks flustered like you said when he makes mistakes he just gets on with it the impact that that fella has had on us since signing is immeasurable and the, I don't know what like there was a stage where he went down in the first half and it was yeah. like, um, yeah, <laughs> it was like, do you ever see that? Do you ever see that meme look, the dog looking off into the distance and the stuff blowing up on all <laughs> yeah, behind him? Yeah. That was me picturing the whole season going up in flames when I thought he was down because that's yeah. just how big he is. 
Um, he's unbelievable, Gab. Honest to God, I'm so like when you see that he tied him down and he's happy to hang around. Yeah, he's the man. He's the man. He is the man. He is. You put for me at the moment, and and I stick by it, even though Salah is the man at the moment for me. This team can't deal without Virgil Van Dijk, Mo Salah, and Alison Becker for me. They they are a three. I throw Fabinho in as well. They're the they're the spine. Yeah, yeah. Fabinho yeah. would be would make up the quartet. That's the spine yeah. of your team. It, it, the fella is incredible, guy. But like, and I wouldn't mind. Our black is no slouch either. Let's be honest. Like, yeah, you're probably be looking at you're probably looking at one or two, one and two last night in the world. But when he leaves Liverpool, there's going to be so many moments to reflect back on where he's had big impacts, and that can't be said for many goalkeepers because. There's the moment against Napoli, he makes that save, he go on to win the tournament. You know what I mean? Like if it wasn't for that, we're we're out. Yeah. We're out, we're in the Europa League. He's the man for the big occasion. He is so, so good. Like, I just I'm delighted he's us. And I'm gonna I'm gonna parlay what you said earlier on. There's no fucking way I'm better looking than that bloke. You're only saying that to pick me up. He's an Adonis. He's, I'm not. I'll, I'll be honest, Shorty. I, I love you and think you're a great looking man, but it's 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 some some leap up to Big Ali. I won't fucking yeah. have it. Yeah, let's have be a honest. Said against fucking Larson here in this right. I'll shut this whole fucker down. Um, Gav hasn't touched, you know. Um, but but Owen Box is there. And Jamie, I'll come to you. He says, um, Alison, best one on one keeper. Um, of all time and he's not exaggerating when he says that and that's probably a follow on from the Schmeichel thing because Schmeichel for people that aren't old enough to remember Schmeichel Schmeichel was a brilliant shot stopper right but we're actually more confident of beating him with a shot than you were if your player was gone through on him because he came out he was so big and he made this kind of starfish thing famous as well where when he made himself big he just threw arms and legs out everywhere and it was so hard to get by him and Red Cannon um, sorry Red Cannon um, it's gone off my screen. Just give me one second there now. And he says, um, best in the world at one-on-ones, spatial awareness and the command of his area. And Jamie, you know, he makes some big saves last night, but as Sean, he says, his game management, the coolness of it, he just, again, like like I said with Salah, just seems to be so, the, the, I suppose the, how do I put this? The concentration levels of him is ridiculous for me. And that's a huge thing with a goalkeeper because we see keepers that have been brilliant goalkeepers, but they lose that concentration one one time in a game and it costs them massively. He doesn't. He just stays the same all the time, Jamie. And you're so confident of him all the time. It's He's ridiculous. Do you, do you know what it is? There's a couple of things on the point that Shawnee made and I think it's a good example, the, the Schmeichel one, because the thing for me with the one-on-ones is as a striker's running through, what they what they ultimately want the keeper to do is is make the decision easy for the striker. Yeah. So commit to something, whether they go down early or they 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 look like they're gonna they're gonna pick a side. Allison leaves it until it's literally a game of chicken with the with the striker, and he and literally Allison never folds first, so he'll stay upright for as long as possible. The striker's waiting, waiting, waiting for him to drop so they can dink it over or pick a corner, and Allison just makes himself big, and how many times have you seen him do one-on-ones and it hits his chest? Because he's stayed up for that long that the striker actually can't commit to a, to a shot either way, so I actually think the parallels with Schmeichel and the one-to-ones are actually brilliant. I think, for me, Look, we've been burnt badly over the years with goalkeepers, and we've seen where maybe goalkeepers, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna name them, but you know, maybe aren't up to the level required. As soon as they are in the nets, the ripple effect 
that that has across the team. It can be something as trivial as a sliced kick can 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 create a little bit of doubt in the crowd. The players they come for a cross, they don't command it. You know, whenever you've played in a, in a match yourself, what you want is you want consistency from your goalkeeper behind. As in, they either come for everything. And you know then that they're going to manage that space in behind you. So if the Bruce ball Gobbler. comes in behind, just just make a decision either way. Yeah, Bruce make Gobbler a decision used to do it. Way. Used to come for fucking everything anywhere and in the box. But it was consistency. Where yeah. uh, where and that's the thing that Allison has. He makes good decisions. He commands his box. It's his box. It's his box. Um, so that so ultimately, then we can take a line off him. He's good with his feet, and he just seems like he's a like Mo. He's he's a, a player playing at the peak of his powers. He's completely and utterly confident in everything that he's doing. And and as Sean, he says, you know the mark of a good goalkeeper when they make the difficult things look easy. And he just it's it, it's just what he does. Yeah, he's just he's absolutely brilliant. And you know, and he's that good that when he does make a mistake, you you. You, you don't doubt him. You just go, yeah, he's made one there, but it won't. Next week he'd be grand. Next week he'd make two massive saves and he'd get you three points just the way he is. And let's be honest, his mistakes are few and far between. Keith, from one side of things to the other, because the tour goal last night was an absolute belter from Naby Keita. It was a ridiculously good volley um, to put us 2 0 up after 13 minutes, I think. And, you know, without going through the whole game, and, and we're trying not to. But a lot has revolved around Abby Kate over the last 24 hours or so because he does score a great goal. I think he forgets to play football then or forgets where he is for 15-odd for minutes and, and it affects Liverpool in a big way. But I'm not here to, you know, lambast fucking Naby Keita. The way I look at this is he's played really well this season for for me. He he comes in last night, he scores a belting goal. He is at fault maybe for one, if not two of the goals. Um, partly at fault in any way, definitely. Um but players have have this in them. It happens. That's life. You know, you move on. But what did you make of the midfield last night? Because a lot of people on social media today are saying, well, he took him off. He could have taken any of the three of them off. And, you know, I just felt key today wasn't a day for going on about fucking Naby Keita in the midfield. Um, but I'd like to know your thoughts. My only question is, is if I put my thought into Jurgen Klopp, you're going to take off your captain and your vice-captain away from home in a big European game, you're not going to make that decision. We knew that the midfield needed shoring up. I think it was pretty obvious. And Naby Keita was unfortunately, the, 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 the for Jürgen Klopp, it was the easiest choice to make. He The game was, you know, was getting to him. And it's not his fault. You know, at the end of the day, Henderson, uh, Milner and Keita, none of them are natural players in, in, in the uh, defensive midfield, the number six position. None of them are natural. Therefore... <coughs> They thrive in, in situations where they can dominate the press and they know that players are going to make mistakes. Atletico Madrid made no mistakes last night. Absolutely none. Their players were phenomenal technically. They were phenomenal on the ball. Thomas Lamar was incredible. This is probably one of the best games I've seen Jao Felix play in an Atleti, in an Atleti shirt. They were on fire. No, every pass they made, every first touch was, was, was phenomenal. So in that situation, they were finding spaces and they were putting these three out of position left, right and centre. It was a game that needed Fabinho. Jurgen Klopp never makes, uh, hardly ever does a substitution in 45 minutes. And even he knew that the game needed Fabinho to protect Van Dijk and Matip. And it made sense for Keita. And you know what? I just, Keita posted on Instagram showing love to the victory because I think even he knows, you know, sometimes you know in the dressing room, this is James Milner and this is Jordan Henderson. 
Gaffer's not going to take them off the pitch. And you know what? To be perfectly honest with you, I will always have James Milner on the pitch in these kind of situations because I think he's one of the most uh, like switched on football players. His football IQ, winning little fouls, making little fouls here, looking after the ball. He does it so well in these type of situations. And then when he gets booked, he gets hooked off. Naby, it just, you know, unfortunately it was him. It was him. But I don't think it was was such a... uh, You could understand why the boss made that decision. It it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and... And Jamie, just coming to you on it. Oh. You no, know, Klopp has. No, no, I'm not getting into just, social. I'm not getting into social media stuff. Jamie's been angry. He's been angry. Yeah, he's been very today. angry today. But very the thing angry. is, I'm not getting. Into, <laughs> I'm not getting into the social media side of things because, you know, it, it, it's fucking mad, and we're here to have a what should be a quite a measured um, yeah, discussion. On it, you know, uh, and Klopp has criticised himself and said um, he he feels he made a mistake. Despite the win, he's, he's made a mistake in, in some ways by picking players that had played right through the international break and maybe thought um, they could do it one more time and it was probably a bit much on them. All right? But I'll go back to it, Jamie. He scores a goal. He has a hand in, in their two goals. That's ab- that, that happens. Absolutely happens. But it was crying out for Fabinho and the obvious one was Keita because... That's a solid midfield. If we had gone 2-2 and needed something, you know, you would have said, well, he might do Milner, you know, because Keita would create something. But we are just kind of against the ropes a little bit. It's just a substitution for me. And and Keita probably walks off going, you know what, I did fuck up there and I probably deserve to come off. And that happens. Well, does it need 24 on that? Uh, no, uh, quite simply. I mean, look, Keith made a point there to Klopp uh, doesn't really like to to make those early changes, but correct me if I'm wrong. He's done it three times for Naby Keita. I think I think what? Villa was one, uh, Real Madrid away was one, and then he's done it again last night. Now. Klopp's come out in the press conference and he said what you'd expect a manager to say. Uh, he, he protected his player rightly, so he's not going to hang his his player out to dry. That's good management. Um, but you can you can clearly see that he probably wanted a little bit more protection down the right hand side that for whatever reason we weren't getting. Um, and in my opinion, you got to see the two sides of Naby Keita he scored a great goal. Uh, there was a couple of phases of play from an attacking fe- sense that he looked really bright. It was first time passing. It was incisive. But then you see the defensive side, which for me, I just don't think he's up to it. Uh, uh, you know, and, and people won't like this because certain people prefer certain players and that's absolutely fine. We've all got favourites. You know, that's it's it's the nature of the beast. You prefer certain footballers over others. But in my personal opinion, I don't think Naby Keita is, is cut out for these type of fixtures. I think it showed in Madrid. I think it showed again last night when we're up against it. And, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a dogfight. I don't think Naby Keita is, is the guy for the fight. Um, and I'll, I'll give you an example. When Felix nicks the ball past him, if that was James Milner, what would James Milner do? Clad doesn't. Clad doesn't. Just wipes him out. Just wipes him out. So, and I'm, look, look, I'm not saying it needs to be, you know, dogs of war hoofing people, but there has to be a little bit more physicality. There has to be a little bit more game smarts. And there was a couple of scenarios there last night where if I was a manager, I'd be frustrated. Now, I'm also frustrated as a fan because Naby Keita has undoubted ability, but it's what is it now, lads? Four years and we're still having the same conversation. It's the same conversation that Manchester United fans seem to have about Paul Pogba is where's his best position? And, you know, it seems to be that everybody's kind of making excuses for the player. We spent a lot of money on Naby Keita. 
And we're still talking about, yeah, he's got the talent, but he hasn't quite shown it. And there's been three occasions now where he's been given the shepherd's hook at half time. There is a reason for that. Now, whether Klopp, and rightly so, he's a diplomat, he's not going to say it. But there is a very specific reason why it's always been Naby Keita in those three three situations. It just so happens that at the moment in time, and I'm not going to go into the social media stuff, a frenzy is whipped up when certain players are mentioned. And to be honest, I loved that game last night. I loved the fact that we weren't quite at it and we found a way to win. I loved that we were horrible. I loved that we got stuck in and we were a bit, you know, we uh, there was a little bit of bite in the game. Um, we're not always going to be fantastic. We're not always going to be playing Roy of the Rovers stuff. But seeing the nonsense online today, it, it took away from the result for me. I was buzzing after that game and then I, I read all this crap online and I just thought, ah, that's not for me. So I put my phone down and Sean, he's got the right thing. You know, I, I often post things in our WhatsApp group and he's like, your problem is you're reading Twitter too much. And he's right. It's an absolute cesspit. Uh, so I'm going to enjoy the win. From a footballing sense, I think Naby Keita left us open defensively. I thought he looked bright offensively, but we need more. The manager made the change. It was a great change. I think we looked but, more but, solid when Fabinho came on. Oi. Go on, Gav. Yeah, but that, but that can but that can happen any game. Yeah, you know, exactly. That, I, that, that, could happen, that could happen in a game where Naby Keita's doing great and Milner's there to protect a, a certain area of the pitch and it's not happening for him. It could easily happen to Milner last night where yep. he gets beaten by two players and P- Milner would be absolutely lashed over. You know, it just happened well, it to be Naby Keita last night. But you, you have you have to just walk away and go. And this, uh, as and Naby Keita probably walks away and goes, we, "Yeah, hands up, I wasn't good enough." Sorry, Sean. I just want to read two things out here before you jump in, right? Uh, John says, "Gav, you might not want to talk social media, but sorry, um, Pierce, I presume James Pierce, and his comments were distasteful to say Naby had nothing to do with LFC winning the game. His complete horror scrap. He scored a goal. I fully agree with you on that because he did. Have, he had a lot." to do with Liverpool winning the game. He had a lot to do with how the game went as well. Um, but but this is the sort of stuff that went on on, on social media today. And to be honest but with you, I agreed with neither side of it because I couldn't understand why it was going on. And, and one more, Shani, one more, because um, if I don't read these out, I get into trouble. And I have to find the fucker now. Here we go. Uh, Zotte Stevens says... Um, uh, well, all Liverpool fans are putting the blame on Naby when all the defence were ball watching as well. Well, there is yeah. more. There is more to the goals than just Naby Keita being well, being they, taken on, and, and that's fair enough. And sorry, Shani. Sorry, there's one why, more, Shani, because I get back to it. We're talking in extremes. Here? No one's talking in extremes. No, we're not talking in extremes. At all. Um, and Marcus says none of our, our midfielders, including Fab, have great recovery pace. We're looking vulnerable in midfield against uh, big teams. Too easy to bypass them. That's probably a product of what we're trying to do ourselves. I feel and the way we've kind of evolved midfield. And I get on to that in a minute. Now, Shani, I apologise for interrupting your three times. Oh, I don't understand this knives out mentality anyway that exists within the fan page. I don't really subscribe to it because at the end of the day, we're all Liverpool fans. Like each game is completely different to the one before. So you're never going to have that. So I don't understand where this idea comes from that you have to be in one camp or the other. Like you sh- Everything should just be looked at in isolation because that's the problem now. It's it's these people... It's the, Look, it's umbrellas and pictures on social media and stats and numbers and all. It's not for me. I, I'm, I prefer... The eye test. I'd, I'd rather watch a match and say, I thought he was good today. I don't want to be looking at a Microsoft Excel PowerPoint sheet to say if this fella's a good player or he's not a good player. Because at the end of the day, if you have an agenda, there's so many of these different statistics that you can pull one up no matter what it is 
that will either suit or go against your agenda. For example, whether it's Henderson doesn't do this, Kate doesn't do this, take, take each game in isolation. Last night away from home, we probably just needed a little bit of discipline. I I wouldn't leverage all the blame for the second goal on Naby, but the first goal definitely. He, he he gets stood up. He's on his he's on his he's on his heels. Yeah, you thought that a schoolboy level. Never be on your heels. Your man Lamar just goes past him, and it just becomes way too easy. The second one that can happen, like a bit of individual brilliance from from Felix. I'm with Jamie. Henderson clatters him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Milner probably clatters him. Is that a slight on Naby Keita? No, because on the other hand, if a ball gets sipped into Keita in the midfield and we're on the transition, chances are he's going to turn a player and beat one or two and then play a pass. And that's not something that Henderson and Milner can do. Well, so but this the is the is... thing about having mid- midfield. Like this is the, the makeup of Liverpool's midfield since Klopp has come in has always been consistent. And it's never really ever been about being the most technical it's always about walk rate and discipline and doing your job and having a role in the team as a whole, as a tree together. And I think we're on a 21-game win streak now. We're on beat run now, 21 games. We're doing something right. But I think there has been games where Henderson has been woeful. Fabinho has struggled. Keita has struggled. Thiago struggled. But that's... This is the way it is. Klopp is walking on something different here. There's been an evolution sort of in the midfield for us this year. We've seen where Harvey Elliott and Cordes Jones. There's going to be these issues. Atletico will do that to most teams at home because they're elite. And that's what a football at the highest level is about. It's small margins. It's moments of brilliance. It's mistakes. Every single goal in football comes from an unforced or a forced error. That's what it's all about. You can sit there and point, point fingers all day. At the end of the day, you have to back the manager's decision. It's not about who you prefer or who your favourite player is. We support fucking Liverpool. We well, should trust Klopp by now. If you don't trust Klopp by now, and after every single decision that he makes and game that we, we go through, that you have to dissect the decisions that he's made, then yeah, that fucking, just enjoy the game for what it is. The thing for me is that, you know, if you wanted to switch it around, you know, if if Joe Felix scores that goal, um, that Mo Salah scores last night, we are absolutely apoplectic. Uh, the left back and the mid the midfielders trying to tackle him, and they just go absolutely. past. We're apoplectic at it, but we're sitting here tonight going, "Look at that from Salah because it was brilliant. It was brilliant. He's so quick. The, the way he moves his body, drops his shoulder. You know, fakes, feints to go here, feints to go there, and, and the finish is a bit fortunate because of the nick it takes. But that's life. You know what I mean? I, the only thing I will get is like uh, HBS says Henderson's been poor for most of the season, constantly losing runners past him. And I'm going to go to Keith now on this because he's going to ask him force the question I have you. And and Henderson has been poor, but at the same time, what what gets to me is is that someone can play poorly and have a good game, and when they have a good game, it's like oh he's been poor for the last six. And then someone can play well for six and have a poor game. And it's like, oh, his, his career's over. It seems to be immediate reaction and immediate um, 
decisions made on people. Now, now, yeah, but people will come back to you and say, well, Nabi Kate did this and Nabi Kate did that. Listen, everyone knows where I am in Nabi Kate. He's all the tools to be brilliant. It's it's the um, it's the availability for me. And people would say, well, he's being available the same amount of times as Henderson. He hasn't. Henderson's played 50% more games than, than Nabi Kate since he arrived at the club, regardless of what injury record is. So even if he's being available the same amount of time, the manager has not picked him. So that's just a trust issue for me. But I, I, I literally just look at that last and go, scored a goal, fucked up. Yeah, and others were poor as well. And they'll all get on with it. They'll all get on the fucking plane last night going, you were shy tonight, weren't you? Yeah, so was I. But we got away with it and they'll move on. Keith, I got asked a question today by somebody and they asked me could I ask this question um, or would I ask this question on the show tonight? And I will. And this one I'm going to ask every single one of you, right? And I'm going to let you go first. The midfield thing seems to be he should play, he should play, that fella should play, he's not good enough. This. So what I'm going to say to you here is, Keith, pick whatever game you want in your head. Any opposition you want in your head, it doesn't really bother me. I'm going to give you all of Liverpool's players fully fit and ready to go. Mm. On Sunday against whatever team you want, I want you mm. to give me my midf- your midf- midfield three that you will play. If everybody was fit in any game you fit, see fit to pick, give me the three midfielders you will put into midfield for Liverpool. Oof. That's a good question. Is it a, is it a tough one? First of all, first of all, uh, for me, I just have to say one thing. Imagine being a midfielder for Liverpool, man. You're the most debated position in our fan base. And they have to work their fucking asses off, man, to play in that team. Jesus, they have to run so hard. They got the hardest job in, the, in our team. You know, we press high, we press and we play high. It's, it's, it's such a knackering position. So shout out to all of them, as far as I'm concerned, because damn, they put in a shift. That is why we have, what, six, seven of them for a reason. We, Shawnee, you just mentioned we were on a 21-game unbeaten run. How many, how many different midfield three have we had in that 21? My favourite, Fabinho, Thiago, Elliot. Okay. So, we're starting, that's your front, that's your three, um, going into any game you feel like going into, because people do, the first thing people say is, who are we playing? Where is it? Pick yeah, the biggest exactly. game you want. Yeah, no, 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 and, and that's key we'll to that's, that's where you have a squad, but I, I just want to see what the feelings are on, you know, who you will play. Shiny, you're nodding your head, go on. I don't subscribe to this because okay. it's horses for courses. Yeah. It's like the, the only ever present in that. Middle, the only one that I think should play every game when fit is Fabinho. Fabinho. I think yeah. I think you yeah. can mix and match any of the rest of them. And that's not due to lack of importance. I just think Fabinho is the only real specialist DM that we have. Mm-hmm. Hendo filled the gap and he done well when he had it. But look, I don't think there's... there's this big game, like for example, I wouldn't play Kate away in big games. If you turn around and said to me, "We play City," we're playing United on Sunday. If everyone is fit, my midfield would be Henderson, Thiago, uh, Fabinho. Yeah. But if we're playing Norwich at home, I'd have no issue with throwing. If we're playing anyone at home, I'd have no tr- issue throwing Curtis Jones, Kate. Yeah. Uh, Elliot went rotate around Fabino. the only one who should be ever. And this is like this is the whole point of being a squad. This is the problem. Who's your best midfield? Well, it depends who you are playing. That this is this is the thing. It's horses for courses, and that's it's not like look at the state of United at the moment. I'd I'd imagine that ninety percent of their fan base wouldn't have Fred and McTominay in the midfield, but they actually can't win games without them in there. True. Yeah, they don't true. get results. They don't get results yeah. when they don't play. Now they don't get an awful lot of results when they do play. But when they play the others, it doesn't fucking happen. Look, this 
they were going on about how good uh, Matic and Van de Beek were in the Carabao Cup. They got knocked out. Yeah. They don't, yeah. So yeah. this is the thing. It's horses for causes. The only one who I'd nail down for every single game would be Fabinho because I think he's a linchpin in this team. And he, we, he, this is the spoil we go on about. Sorry, Jamie, because I will come to you now. And I, I think you're right in what you're saying. I think you're right in what you're saying. But I'll, I'll throw it slightly different to Jamie then, right? Because the question is probably one of those where you look at a squad and it is a squad game and Shani's bang on. But I'll put it this to Jamie. Is there players in there that, for you, are, are a specialist position? They're, you know, their um, availability or, or, or the, flex, the flexibility in different positions is starting to wane. And I mean, what I mean by that is, I look at Jordan Henderson now, and I, I thought the six would do him no harm. Playing the six would do him no harm and just kind of getting back into familiarity. Because I think the biggest thing with Henderson at the moment is, I think he looks a bit a yard short. I'm going to say that. Um, I think he... And he looks a bit confused to me. When he played in an eight as a traditional eight, when literally we went to Anfield and watched him doing what he does with Salah and, and um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and the covering he does and, and the way they were cheating at football. And that's what he done. It's as simple as I've seen him numerous times. But I think he looks a bit confused, Jamie, uh, um, in this new kind of role where Elliot thrived. Henderson looks a bit, do I go, do I not go? Is it just a case, people say his legs are gone. I think he is a bit about a half a yard off. Is it just a is it another learning process for him? Because I'm being honest with you, if if you ask me right now to pick a midfield for United and you wanted to play with that advanced sort of number eight on the right hand side, I'd pick Curtis Jones over Jordan Henderson at the weekend. It did, and I, I actually think there is a genuine debate here, and and if people would lose, the, I suppose the the blinkers, you, you can definitely have it because I think. I don't think Jordan Henderson has been Jordan Henderson this season. I don't know what the reason is, but he just doesn't seem right. It kind of seems like he's carrying a little bit of knock or he's a little bit unsure of himself. He's lost that that zip a little bit. I think he's played in different positions. So I think we've alluded to it on this show before, Gav. I think it was Chelsea. I think he was tested on the left. Everything yeah. was foreign to him. Everything that he's good at, it, he, he couldn't do. Um, I think for me, if you're going to play anyone on the left, it has to be Thiago or Curtis Jones. They're the only two for me that, that can do that that role particularly well. Um, Hendo hasn't seemed quite right. And as the six, I I think he's, he's solid. I think he's very good. Um, I think when you see maybe some of his shortcomings in that position is when you play against the elite side. So I think a couple of times last night, I think he knocked off. Uh, I think Felix was able to pick up pockets. I think Fabino is a, an expert at the six because he anticipates danger. Hendo, a lot of the time, won't sniff that danger out because it's not natural natural in, in how he plays. So I think that's what you miss a little bit. Um, it, you know, when you play against the, the elite sides, if, if you look at, for me, the best midfield, like the lads have discussed. I think you were starting to see the evolution of this Liverpool midfield. And this is why the Harvey Elliott injury was so cruel, because if you said to me, now everybody's fit, I'd probably look at Thiago, Fabino, and Harvey Elliott. But like like Sean, Sean he says, it's dependence on the opposition. You rotate everybody around Fabino. But if you were going to say to me now, based on, you know, uh, where I see this Liverpool team going, Hendo hasn't seemed quite at it. If you pick, if I'm picking a team for United on Sunday, I'm picking Henderson alongside Fabino, 100%. And then that third midfielder, for me, would, would have to be a more offensive player. I'd like to see a more offensive player in there to create. So whether that is a Curtis Jones, uh, potentially. 
I thought Ox was excellent last night, I have to say, when he came on. I thought he gave us a little bit of offensive zip that we that we lacked. I think if you're going to play Fabinho and Henderson, I think you need somebody with a bit more creativity. Um, but it's good when you actually think about it. You know, a lot was said about Liverpool's squad depth, you know, coming into this season. We've been out, been without Thiago. Fabinho didn't start the game last night. Harvey Elliott came in out of nowhere and was our best player for the first block of games. Then all of a sudden he's got injured and we're thinking, okay, how can we how can we solve that? Milner against Watford come in and done a great job, I thought, at the weekend. I think he struggled a little bit last night, which is, you know, given his age, he's 304 and he's playing two games in quick succession. You can forgive the guy. But we've got options. And this was an area where when Ginny left, everybody kind of went, oh, okay, are we going to struggle here? But we're top of the Champions League in, in theory, the group of death that everybody told us were three from three, having gone to Atletico. We're a point off the champ- uh, the, the Premier League. Um, we're undefeated. you know, And we've got players to come back. So for me, I just don't get the negativity around Liverpool and particularly off the back of that result, it's, I just I, football for me is fun. It's other than me, white and me misses and me kids. It's me one true love. It has been since seven years of age. Football is an escape. Liverpool are brilliant again. Yeah, we're going to have games when we're up against it, but we're still finding a way to win games. I just don't understand the mentality of some people that want to pick holes for the sake of it. I think it's fine to discuss Naby Keita in, in isolation in some of the things that he did last night. I think it's fine that journalists want to report on that in some sense because he was the player that was hooked off at half-time and it's happened before. It doesn't mean that Naby Keita's career at Liverpool is finished. It doesn't mean that he hasn't had a good season in large parts. I just, for me, Gav, I'm just a little bit fed up of all the negativity that, that, that is surrounding Liverpool off the back of what was a fantastic win. And, you know, we're going into the, the biggest game for me in, in domestic football, which is Manchester United. We should be going in with our tails up and fans should be looking forward to whichever team we put out, we can go there and do a job. Sorry, I went off on a bit of a tangent You're there, okay. but it's been brewing all day, that one. No worries. We had to get you to it yeah, on the way. I respect that, man. Jamie, it's amazing. It's amazing. That. We've saved, we've saved a few quid in the council there, in fairness. Um, <laughs> But can I say one thing? Can Kosh I say can, one thing? Kosh can. The saddest, the saddest, the, everything you said there was beautiful. And that's why I enjoy this podcast and talking to you guys about football because we can talk about football and, and, and our passion for it. But the sad reality is, is that negativity sells. I, I, I'll give you an example. If Liverpool in the relegation zone right now under Jurgen Klopp with the team that we have, and we were on this channel right now. We were complaining. We were angry. All that kind of stuff. This, you know, there'd be thousands of people wanting to engage. And I think there is a, a microcosm between social media, which has now packaged football in in a way that people can become famous of being very angry, negative, and reactionary. And the game and the love and the of football, which still lives in in, in us all. And I think sometimes. We got us as human beings, me and myself, Jamie, you put Twitter away. I've many times put Twitter away. Shawnee, uh, you manage Twitter very well. Like that, that world is, is, is there for like to That's... engage a reaction. And it's ultimately people are making so much money out of it. Like, Gav, like you're sitting there having a bear day, having a, having a Guinness, right? Imagine, oh, sorry, imagine you're out in, the pub, out in the pub with your mates and. We're at the, we had a bad result and we're all talking about, oh, I prefer this player. Then someone turns around and goes, to, yeah, well, he makes the most pressure presses in the third half of the pitch. You'd be like, oh, 
Smoke up, mate, will you? <laughs> yeah, go out and have a smoke. Or go and pressure the bar there and get around yeah, in your nose. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say, yeah, say you're some cracker parties. Like, just <laughs> you need to get away from that. That Twitter is a fucking toxic pit of negativity. Like Keith said, did you say sex sells? But just being a moany, miserable fucker seems to sell these days. <laughs> just enjoy it for what it is. There's all that teams looking at us envious how good we are. And they won't tell you. They won't tell you. They try to put you down and say, oh, I think Liverpool might be done. You can bet your fucking bottom dollar Gary Neville is rubbing himself dry through his trousers looking at Liverpool every week because he <laughs> knows exactly how good you have to be to to win these leagues and these competitions. And he's seen again with this team. He's seen again with this team. We are ready to go again. So just enjoy it. And HBS in the chat there saying Shani doesn't understand stats. You're dead right, pal. But I understand football. And I, I don't understand stats because I choose not to. It doesn't fucking bother me. It doesn't affect my ability to watch football or enjoy football. So I win. Well, I have to be honest, um, what Keith said there, he enjoys coming on and talking to us. That's what, that's what we try to do. We're not here to shout and scream. And... Um, if if anyone did do that, they'd be just removed. To be perfectly honest with you, it's 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 just not for us. And we we are not always right. We're um we're not always wrong, um either. But it's just one of those where you sit down, and you have a chat about football. You don't need to get too upset about it. Jamie said it is it is a release. It is a, an escape at the end of the at the end of the week or um during midweek. And that's all it is. It's just lads sitting around talking football. Um, we don't try to be too clever because we're not we're not clever. We're all idiots. Um. Trust me. But you, so, but you know what, no, Gav? It's even even down to, like, football fandom now seems to be more about, like, money. Everyone talks about money loads. It's like the it's like the football bit has been lost. You know, the, the detail of the football yeah, and the things that happen now. in football. Yeah, it, you know, the, the, the things that we all fell in love with. It's like the, the football conversations come second or third down the line. Now, I, I don't care about all the other shites. I don't really care about who runs the club. I don't really care about all these other elements or uh, I just want to see Liverpool do well. I want to understand what's happening in the game. I want to discuss what's happening in the game. I have players that I prefer over others, but that doesn't mean I want to slag off players for the sake of it. I just want to talk about Liverpool and have a laugh and see them doing well. well and it just, just seems keep, like not everybody is, is, is that way inclined. Well, just keep turning up here because no one is shouting, screaming, um, you know, it just won't happen. And we'll agree and disagree. And that's what it's all about. Um, I want to move on. I want to move on to Sadio Mane um, because he gets his 100 Premier League goal of the weekend. Obviously not all for Liverpool but the vast majority are for, for Liverpool. Um, and somebody in, in the YouTube comments the other day said, I can't believe you glossed over that quite quickly. And the reason we mentioned it on Sunday and didn't go near it is because we had planned to talk about it um, tonight. And I'm not talking about half an hour. I'm talking about 10, 10 minutes to talk about Sadio Mane. And Keith, I'll come to you um, because it's his 100th Premier League goal but I just wanted to discuss Sadio Mane as, for me, an unbelievable signing. An unbelievable signing. And, 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 and not an unbelievable spot by Liverpool because I think the, the stuff was there. But I think he's the catalyst to everything that's happened at Liverpool since Klopp's come in. I think he's the he's he's the man that lit the touch paper for me. And I think I still think he goes underrated. Oh no, I, He was out of form and stuff like that, Keith. I get that. But overall... I think he goes underrated, um, out, probably outside of Liverpool. I think 
I think he will be remembered in the Premier League up there with the, you know, like how would I describe it, the, the, the Mavericks almost, you know, the su- successful Mavericks because Sadio Mane achieved what he achieved and it, he started at Southampton. Let's not forget that he put himself on the map at Southampton. He did the traditional thing that everybody tells players to do, right? Go test your strengths out at a, a team that's probably not in the not in the Man United's Liverpool's. Make a name for yourself, and then you never know. And that's exactly what he did. I remember he destroyed us. Uh, was it hat trick he scored against Liverpool um, yeah. <laughs> for Southampton? And that day, you know, um, you'd seen him, and 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 you just saw you just saw everything you needed to. I think what oppressed me so much the most is um, his how humble he's been in this whole um, latter part of of. of and, and how he's been willing to create a partnership with Salah and with Mane uh, uh, and with Firmino. And he's seen himself, they've seen themselves as a collective because you got to remember when Mane first came to Liverpool, he was, he, first of all, he played in Salah's position. He was, he was, he was our, one of our top goal. I think was our top goal scorer uh, before Salah came in. Um, and he had to then go, get a shifted out to the left um, and B, you know, ultimately Salah get, getting more opportunities to to be in attacking situations. But Sadio reinvented himself on the left-hand side and, and became just, just as effective as he was when he came to start at Liverpool on the right. A lot of players, if you do that to them and you take them from one position where they're doing well at and you put them in another, they could have kicked up a fuss. And Mane, you know, stuck to, stuck to the task, reinvented himself and, you know, 100 goals up there with uh, Emil Heskey, who also scored 100 goals without scoring a penalty. And Les Ferdinand, um, I think. And, and Les Ferdinand. And, and I think, you know, Sadio is, has achieved all of that, I think, in much less time than, than, than the two, two aforementioned. And, you know, he, he's it's a variety of goals, which I find fascinating. I find, I find it fascinating that he scores headers. I, I, incredible for like, him and Jota it's incredible the amount of headers they've scored but as we're talking about Manny he, he scored some brilliant headers he scored the best goal I've ever seen live because I was at the Watford game when he'd done the back heel um, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah yeah that was just unbelievable he scored such incredible goals his technique's incredible and you know give him all the flowers you know is he underrated <laughs> the only reason he's underrated is because he plays in the same team as Mohamed Salah. You know, I mean, like, and he probably could be Mohamed Salah if he was a little bit more ruthless. You know, he, he probably, you know, he, but I mean, what he is, is Sadio Mane. And, you know, the, the, what I love the most is, what, what I think is just such a funny story is that his idol is El Hajjouf. Yeah. And I just love he's, that story. He's still involved with the Senegal national side. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, for 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 how for how bad everything went with El Hajju for Liverpool, El El Hajju wouldn't wash his jocks. See, well, you know what El Hajju he he inspired a generation, and that generation was Sadio Mane. <laughs> well, the thing is, and Shani, I'll come to you. You know, he he is the catalyst for me in everything that's happening in Klopp's reign, and he play he's played a massive part from very early on. I think he's. He's his fourth major signing in the summer of 2016, I think. And it's 30, 30 million, 30, 32 yeah, million, I 30 think it was. something. Yeah, it's, it's, um, um, when, when he was signed, people are like, well, and I, I remember, is Mkhitaryan signed in the same summer yeah. for United? Yeah. And everyone was saying, why didn't we get Mkhitaryan and stuff like that? Yeah, uh, the, the and Hatch- wasn't, wasn't top 15 players yeah, in the Premier League. Yeah, there was all sorts that went on. And 
the hat trick of course against us is, is is one thing, but the one that I always I always talk about it. He, he plays for Southampton away at Chelsea, and um, I think Chelsea might be champions at the time. I think they might be champions. It's the, I think it might be the year Leicester winning. Um, it's a Klopp's fourth season. I think it is, and I think Chelsea might be champions 2015 and 16. I could be wrong, but anyway, they go away to Chelsea. I think they win the game two one, and Mane is just out of this world. Right, he plays on the wing. He ends up playing as a ten. They end up pushing up, up front for the last fifteen while they try to hold out the game. And his pace and his power and his chasing and holding the ball. And I just looked at him and went, "Wow!" Like this fella is just played in three positions today, and he's out of his world. But Shiny, when you look at him coming to Liverpool, I think he is top scorer in his fourth season. He plays on the right. You see him playing the left now. He can play up front. He can play in the ten. As Keith said, he scores headers. Like there's, I, I had a stat up on the screen there a minute ago, and, I, and I'll show it to you again because it's very interesting. As a man that was a winger um, by trade, I suppose, if you look at, we have from 2017-18 onwards, if you look at the goals he scored, everything is in around the box. Look at it. He's become a poacher as well as a winger. And when you look again, I'll show you something different here again, just just to show you. Um, it, it's his placement. Like, he scores goals all every part of the goal. You know, middle, right, left, top, bottom. He, he puts them everywhere in the net. He's not, he's not one of these that, you know, just has just that Thierry, Thierry Henry finish into that bottom left-hand corner or bottom right-hand corner. Shani, he's just a magnificent footballer. And and somebody said in the group, or in the chat there, sure, you spent the summer selling them. No, no, I didn't spend the summer selling them. A lot, um, a lot other did. people did. Neither did I. Um, um, because I think he's he's brilliant. And it's just the overall package of him, Shani. I can't speak highly enough of him. Yeah, look, he's the catalyst, I think, He's the catalyst for what went on, and he forces into the Champions League um, that season before the likes of Mao and the rest show up. And when he signed, that was kind of us going, "Oh, well, this is when people start really taking notice of what the scout department were doing and the type of profile of player we are looking at him." Because I remember Louis Van Gaal was massive on bringing him to Manchester United. And, yeah. Uh, he was turned away. But if you look at what he's done at Liverpool since joining, his numbers are off the scale. And it, it's going to be the whole case of only Mohamed Saleh, sort of with, with Mane. That's the only thing that could kind of go against him. Like, and you mean 18, 19, when we win the league, he's our best player by a mile, in my 19, opinion. 1920, oh, sorry, he carries us. I think there's moments where he carries us to a league title when Mo was not quite at his best. Mane's coming up with big moments, big goals, coming off the bench away in Norwich. Just, he's a moments player, he's a flair player. I love watching him. Uh, he hasn't been without his struggles. Um, he has slowed down by the looks of it in the last couple of years, but the numbers remain consistent enough. He's still putting up goals, he's still involved in the assists. He's a wonderful footballer, and there is shades of him getting back to his very best uh, at times. You look at the goal on. Saturday, uh, it's the ball rolling across his body, first time finish, instinctive Mane, just so many moments. And he will be remembered when all of this is over and Klopp's reign has come to an end. He will be looked at as one of the pillars that air success was built upon with the Van Dykes, with the Mausalas, with the Van, uh, with the Fabinho's, with the, the Allisons. He's had so, so many Big moments of unbelievable quality. The goal away at Bayern, the spin, the turn, the dink. 
it's just magic. He's been absolutely brilliant to watch. And even when it hasn't been going his way, he literally walks his bollocks off, walks his socks off. He never gives up. He's always, he's wore the Liverpool football club short with pride. Whenever he's gone away on international duty, he's not talked shy when big teams are coming into him. He has been the embodiment of what a Liverpool forward should be. Both him and Mohamed Salah have set the bar very, very high for whoever come in afterwards because at the end of the day, Sadio Mane will go down as one of the all-time greats in a Liverpool short, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think you're spot on. Like um, he scores that winner at Goodison in the derby. Um, Mister Sinclair makes a great point. He said, "I would tell my kids to look at Mane and Salah. Um, why he asks? He, they keep getting up, and they do it over and over and over again. And um, the man just does not give up. And and you know something like I talk about it being like touch. You know that he likes the touch paper, um, in the Klopp era. But do you know the way the balls come back, Jamie? You know the way the Bulls come back at Liverpool? Like, now, don't get me wrong, 13-14 was fucking outrageous, brilliant. I loved every minute of it. Madness. But, but you know, it went sour. It went sour and then it got worse and worse and, and Rodgers goes and Klopp comes in. And Klopp was kind of running this squad on adrenaline um, through that season where he tries to go in the UEFA Cup or the Europa League to try and make the Champions League. He, he puts his eggs in that basket. But when Mane comes in, it's like the Bulls really comes back. That song gets going. Um, there's actually a couple of songs about Mane get going but it's like it just it nearly clicks in another generation off another another period off in, in Liverpool's history and <clears throat> I remember watching him and, and just he was that player where he's when he got it you, you're kind of on the edge of your seat what's Mane going to do like Arsenal away do you remember Arsenal away yeah. and he bursts past a couple of them and buries it and Jamie like he's there five years now he was being linked with Real Madrid going back probably 18 months ago um, because he was so so fucking good and, and he does have a dip but is he the sort of player, Jamie, that when he, he's going, he's 29 now, we're still waiting on a contract on him as well. I think he's two years left. But is he the sort of player where, when you talk about Mo Salah being able to go to 33, 34, 35, is, is, is Manny the same where he can evolve his game? Because I think he'd be an outstanding number 10 and an even and an, even a really good centre forward, to be honest. One thing that doesn't get spoken about enough, I think, with, with Manny is his availability. The guy, if you think of the amounts of games that he's played over Klopp's tenure since he's been at the club, um, he's, he rarely misses football matches. And then when you think, and don't quote me on this, I'm nearly sure that he hadn't had a pre-season in about three or four years. It was something mad the way that his football calendar had gone. And I wasn't think this was one of the... Fir- wasn't he at he, a he, tournament in the summer of 2000? He basically played a year of- consistently or something. Yeah, he did, Klopp because he, he, got, he got four days off and came back and played. He yeah. was on as a sub against Norwich in the opening day in 1920. And nothing, not, not enough is made of this. And, and I think what you're starting to see now, I, I think Sean, he touched on it before with Manny. He had a little bit of a crisis of confidence. And, and every player will go through this, particularly attacking players where they're overthinking the game. Um, I think the, the preseason has done him the world of good. I think you're starting to see him now look like the, the Manny of old. I think it's a massive tell. I think Sean is bang on again. The first time finish. If that was Manny when he was struggling, he takes an extra touch, he overthinks it and the, and the chance goes. For me, not enough credit is given. Obviously, Mo is a brilliant player, but just what we've done and what the coaching staff have done with our front three in general, how they were able to basically mould them into what they have been. Bobby Firmino, Salah and, and Mane. The three red arrows, the way that they move, they chase, they harry. I think Gary Neville alluded to it when he was looking at United at the weekend where there was a lack of pressing. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. 
This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Some of the performances that those three players have put on, they eat up the yards. They they just they wear teams down. They're so aggressive. They basically have been the reason why Liverpool have been so successful. And Sadio Mane is one of the big pillars in that. And and the key thing in any football team, you're not always going to play well, but what shift you put in for the team. Mm. And he never has a day off. He never knocks off. He'll mm. always show up. And even when he is, you know, going through a bit of a, a sticky patch, he still wants the ball. He'll still try things. Can he Can he evolve as a player? I don't know, Gav. You know, I, I think there was a famous graphic that was put up a while ago. I think it was Carragher was talking about uh, sort of famous partnerships in the Premier League. And I think he looked at Chelsea's front three. It was Drogba, it was Robin. And he kind of looked at, I think, Tevez, the Roonies, and looked at these kind of famed front threes and the tenure that they'd stayed together. Mm. This Liverpool front three have been together for a very long time now. And you're starting to see the evolution now with Jock coming in. Do I think it's got many years left? I, I don't, unfortunately. I think you may see one uh, one of them, maybe two phase out over the next couple of years. But I still think they've got a couple of years of, of top form in them. Um, will Mane be one to, to stick around, potentially? He's a super fit lad. I think he's got many years left in him. But I do think you're going to gradually see this Liverpool team evolve over the next few years. But just look, let's enjoy him while he's here. Uh, I think you're starting to see Bobby looking back to his best now as well. He's putting up big numbers. And for, for a lot of fans that said this Liverpool front three were finished, they're making a lot of people eat a lot of humble pie at the moment. Yeah, um, I, I'll finish it on this. Klopp, the mystic free ward. Why, have you, why has free ward added another name to the front of him? I think he was calling himself Big Sexy on Sunday. Click lean. Click another Big Sexy. Look <laughs> at this. <laughs> no, no, I think it was a free ward. No, it wasn't free ward. I apologise. It was Big Steve. Big, uh, Red Steve. Red Steve changed himself to uh, Big Sexy Red Steve um, on Sunday in... in um, Salute to Keith. Um, but he finishes with this and it's perfect. Not only best, but most hard-working front three in world football. Nobody ran more on that pitch the other night than Firmino um, against yeah. Atletico Madrid, which is madness. When you consider how much work that midfield would have had to get through because of they were probably a bit leggy and, and how, I suppose, strong Atletico Madrid looked to be in there and the positions they were looking to get the players into for Firmino to run more than anybody else is, is madness. Um, but anyway, moving on, and I'm, I'm, we're going to we're going to do shows tomorrow and Friday on, on United away. So I just wanted to quickly um, ask you all what a what way would you like to see Liverpool approach um, Sunday? And I want the score prediction, and it doesn't have to be massively in depth about how they approach it. What would you like to see from Liverpool, and what would be your prediction score wise? Keith, I'm going to come to you first. Go. Go for the jugular. I've seen so many teams go to Manchester United and absolutely dominate the ball, pick them apart and score. You know, this for me has the feeling of uh, a a couple of times on the Jurgen Klopp's tenure. One of them was when we went away to Chelsea. We won 3-1 and uh, uh, Mourinho was sacked. Uh, Also reminds me of when Manchester United came to Anfield and Mourinho was sacked. Um, and I think this is going to be the one where we go to Old Trafford and um, 3-1 and uh, Oli will be sacked. It will be a performance where it will pay... Per- I, I, 
watch the Atlanta game tonight and, you know, fair play to them. <laughs> You're playing against a team that sits six in Serie A and you bring on Cavani and you bring on Ronaldo and you bring on, you know, eventually you are going to score. But against a team like Liverpool, it's um, they're in big trouble. They're in big trouble. And the the team that comes out on, on, on Sunday um, will be probably be quite similar. Um, I don't know much about Thiago's uh, fitness at the moment, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Fabinho, Hedinson and Milner in the midfield and um, the, the the back four and the front front three stay pretty much the same. I don't think he's making any changes. Fabinho to come in for Cater, other than that. Klopp alluded to it where he kind of told himself off for playing players for as long as he has, but with the five-day break, I can't see the team changing. And um, I, think, I think Mo Salah as well. He uh, he enjoys scoring goals against Manchester United. Maybe he feels like all all us nineties uh, kids who had to put up with Man United, and maybe he has the same hatred as we all do because he celebrates just like I do when he scores against them. So yeah, Man United are in big trouble. Man United are in big trouble. And if, you know, I, I could be digging my own grave here in in, in terms of predicting. I don't mind. I don't mind about forty seconds in yeah. this podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> those clips. Yeah. No, it, it, it's um. I'm really looking forward to it because the thing is with 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 Ole in the past is he's really and a lot of Man United teams, not just Ole. I've seen it with Jose Mourinho as well. They really do pack the box and try and counter attack us every single time. But I just don't think they've got the structure like to be able to do that with the players that they have. Because if he starts with the likes of Ronaldo, Greenwood, etc. They're, they're not all going to work in, in in that same way. So they're going to try and come at us and they're going to try and make a game of it. And I think they're just going to stand stand five yards too forwards. Um, I mean, it's going to be a fun fun time. This is probably the most confident I've ever felt going to Old Trafford. Good stuff, Jamie. What way are you approaching it, and what score prediction have you got? I, I well, as I said before, um, you know, it's the biggest game for me in, in domestic football. I hate these fixtures at the same time. I don't. I feel like we never really do ourselves justice at, at Old Trafford. Um, I don't know why that is, but it just seems over recent years we've, we've never really done ourselves justice. Uh, like Keith, to be honest, I just want us to, to go there and be Liverpool. If we go there and be Liverpool, we stay focused, we move the ball the way we can. They're not going to be able to live with our movements up front. Uh, they're, ju- they're just not. They give away chances for fun. Um, if Liverpool are bang at it and we get a we get a foothold in the game, the the key is 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 not. Given the you want to silence the crowd early, Liverpool want to get on the ball and start dictating the play, and we have the players to do that now. One thing about Old Trafford, it's a massive pitch, so what what you have now is you have Van, Van Dijk back in the side, and he can turn defence into attack very very quickly, and we can start running at their back four. I think midfield selection would worry me slightly. I suppose going in going into this game, uh, like Keys, I think I think Fabinho will absolutely come back in, and um, probably with with. Henderson and Milner, they've not been at it for me. Uh, they've not been not the best. Um, as I said, it's a lot of ground for them to cover at Old Trafford. Um, my my honest opinion is, I think we've just got to go for the juggler and try and get a few goals up and put the game to bed. The longer they stay in it, we 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 could get we could get tripped up at some point. So for me, just go go all guns blazing. Um, I think we get the game done three one. Uh, and I think it's a, I think it's a comfortable victory for Liverpool. We're much better than Manchester United, but just play play the team, not the occasion. I think somebody made the point before, and I think they're bang on. Yeah, Shani, 
Um, are you going gung ho and putting these to bed early, or are you doing something different? And what is your score prediction? No, we're not notoriously shy at all, Trafford. Um, we just are. We haven't showed up. I know we won there last year, but there was no fans. It was a massive game last year, so I make no bones about it, but there was no fans there. And I think we do have the tendency to shit the bed a little bit at Old Trafford. And maybe not shit the bed, but just not torn up. I think the problem is we always give these fuckers way too much respect going there. And that can't be the case on Sunday. We've got to go for the jugular, impose ourselves on them and punish them when they give us opportunities punish them because I tell you what they get away with a week in week out Ronaldo will not be able to afford to be a passenger in this game because this is the type of game where they will be found out if he's there strolling around I was watching them tonight in the first half there's no cohesion the press they're all over the shop they needed to go 2-0 down before they got the finger out and even then the only reason Atalanta fell apart because their best player went off your man Demarel was running the show from centre half of them tonight so we need to be on it. Uh, no respect. Go for the juggler and put these fuckers to bed. And if it means that we get another United man just sacked, then so be it. Fuck them. I don't want to hear any of this shit on Saturday. Ah, well, we'll take the draw, keeps him in the job. Fuck them. Leave them in our dust because that's where exactly where they should be. They're fucking nowhere near on the level of us or City or even Chelsea for that matter. They're just not. They let themselves believe that bringing these players in was going to bring everything around, turn everything around. Straight fucking into them. Same as Solskjaer. Fuck him as well. Fuck the whole lot of them. That's the way I fucking... I, I, I won't be as, as as blasé as Jamie was. I fucking hate these pricks. I hate them. I hate them with every bone in my body. I cannot stand them. And I want to fucking punish them on Sunday. I want to be sculling Guinness after that game, breaking me bollocks, laughing at them, sending messages all around WhatsApp. Up your bollocks the whole lot, yes. Fuck them. Let's go. He's going on a mad one on Sunday night. Send us, send us, up your bollocks. Send a statement. Send a statement. And we go on. We move on. The show rolls on. Let them linger around picking about what manager they want next because at the end of the day, they are not on our level at the moment. Give us a score prediction, Johnny. 3 1 Liverpool. Good stuff. Um, I, I was a bit torn on this one because we usually go to Liverpool, go there and we want to be Liverpool and impose ourselves and they try to hit us on the break and sometimes it works for them and they manage to get a one all or whatever it might be and then I thought maybe we should just go in there and and stand up in front of them and go right let's see what you have but I think that might suit them because if they can get it wide and get it in the box they look for Ronaldo to use um, how good he is in the air although we have brilliant centre halves um, his movement is good and, and that's probably their best way around goals getting balls in the box towards him and, and others I would make this pitch as big as I could. And what I mean by that is, I wouldn't be massively high line and love let them get in behind, but I wouldn't be sitting there forwards deep. I would make this pitch as big as I possibly could and leave loads of space between positions and go and go against them and see what happens because I don't think they have the running power to deal with us. I don't think they have the discipline to deal with us and they certainly don't have the defence to deal with us if we, if we get going. Um, we're bashing them at the weekend um, for one to Liverpool and that's all I'm going to say on that. Um, right, let's move on. Winners and losers. Um, we're going to wrap through this. We've, we're an hour and 15 in which means we're on our deadline so let's try this in the next 15 minutes right so um, winners and losers Jamie winners go winners uh, right yeah keep it brief I mentioned it before Alex Oxley chamberlain had a horrendous run uh, with Liverpool of late in that 
look, he's not been impacting games when he's come on. He's looked a little bit lost. Um, he's not been getting minutes as a result of that. Um, so for him to come on last night in that type of environment when the team really needed him, um, I thought he was dynamic. I thought he'd give us uh, a real attacking edge. Um, but he also put in a shift. I think there was one where he tracked a man all the way back to the edge of the box, got a key block in. Um, and look, it, it bodes well for the rest of the season. Uh, you know, I think... Ox is a good guy. I think he's been, uh, you know, he, he really wants to do well for Liverpool. I think the club means something to him. Um, and I think everybody's rooting for him. So to see him get a, a good good 45 or, or maybe a little bit less under under his belt was was really big. And, and hopefully he can kick on now for the rest of the season. Good stuff. Uh, Shani, who's your winner? Winners for me, there's Skoya down this joint man at a match thing at the moment. So Yeah, what's that I'm all gonna, about? Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not sure, but I think on 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 Sunday it was justified. I'm going to go with the two lads from Tottenham Hotspur. I'm going to go with Eric Dyer and Serge Regulon because um, just it's so hard. Like you be seeing what happened in the Euros with Christian Eriksen and how badly affected I was watching that game from thousands of miles away and nowhere near there, but. For these lads to intervene the way that they did, about Regulon telling the, the rep to stop the game and then Eric Doyle rushing to the medics on the bench to say, get a fucking defibrillator and get across. No matter what happens to them lads for the rest of their career, they can hold their head high now that on, on Sunday evening, they would have had a part in um, in saving a fella's life because it seems that the fella now is in good health. And at the end of the day, this is only a game. We're only here talking about how much we love it. And it is an escape for us all. And it was an escape <coughs> for that fella who was at Newcastle. And he probably seen the price of a season ticket next year and started having a heart attack <laughs> in the in the middle of the stand. So uh look, uh hats off to the two lads. Uh accredited our clubs and uh big pat on the back for them. I thought it was uh it it was brilliant to see. Uh obviously not the circumstance, but to see how well they handled the situation and how proactive they were. and They should be very, very proud of themselves. Absolutely. Great show. Absolutely brilliant show. Um, Keith, who's your winner of the week? Yes, yeah, so I'm on my winner of the week is uh, Ben Chilwell. Okay. Um, you know, reading the stories about the reasons why he wasn't in the team um, due to mental health you know, issues. I mean, he, he got himself in a bit of a rut. Um, particularly after, after the Euros. I think he had a bit of a dip. Alonso obviously got picked ahead of him and started the season in great form. Um, and, you know, there were stories that came out that, you know, really, really impacted him. So to see that he's kind of, you know, come through that initial disappointment of not playing in the Euros and, and, and not starting for Chelsea, to come back and score the winning goal in, you know, a game that we all know is really tough, which is away at Brentford, and to win the game... I think it was a, a massive 360 and the fact that now he's in, he's looks like two shells, um, shown faith in him. He scored against Southampton as well. Um, uh, a crucial goal in that game and, 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 and has won his place back. And so I suppose that there's a message for, for everybody watching that, right? You know, you, you can be at the top, you can have a good run and then you can get knocked off your perch a little bit. But, you know, as long as you kind of grit your teeth and, 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 and get to it, there's an opportunity to make your way straight back. To where you were so you know shout out to Ben Chilwell obviously that goal wasn't a good thing for us but you know hearing that he he, he went, got quite down if you will going to a little bit of a hole to come out you know massive respect to him 
I'm not laughing at you, by the way. I just seen this and I couldn't help myself. <laughs> it's um from Avil. Uh, his loser of the week is Steve Bruce, just because he's gonna start writing murder mysteries again. <laughs> Absolutely outstanding stuff. Uh, uh, Steve Bruce, well known for writing um he's basically writing Inspector Mars books, which is absolutely fantastic. Um right there the winners out of the way. Uh, losers. Uh, who do we start with first? We start with Jamie, didn't we? Jamie, losers. Yeah. I, so I've changed my mind. I think. Well, I'm, I'll say them both. So before an hour ago, I was going to go Diddy Haman. Did uh-huh. anybody watch some of his comments there last night? No, I don't. I refuse to watch him because he's he's. Is he back on the gargle or what? Because no, I, I don't understand. The, thing, like, the not- thing for me, the thing for me with Diddy Haman is, is that I'm I I get the feeling that Diddy Haman. When Klopp went to Liverpool, taught as a fellow German, he would get himself back in He'd the club and, and get a job over. And he hasn't been got a sniff. And He's a jilted ex. Every chance he gets, he has a go at Liverpool, and um, he's just to be ignored. To be perfectly honest with you, but you were going to say him. Who are you going to say now? Robbie Savage. All right. So okay. It, it's just a general theme here around like football commentators for me this season. But uh, watching the Man United game before Robbie Savage, like, don't get me wrong. And I think I said it to you lads before we, we, we came on the show. Like, if he was doing it for a United fan channel, I could understand it. But he's working for BT. I haven't seen he, this, by the way. So like, He was literally, he was hey, celebrating goals. Like, he, he was spot celebrating spot. goals. At one point with Ronaldo's head that he went, oh, would you look at it? Look at his neck muscles. I'm like, hold on. What are his neck muscles? What are, we, what are we talking about his neck muscles for? He got himself all into it. His was coming out with stuff that made absolutely zero sense. Then he started going on about, you know, it's just another magical European night at Old Trafford. What magical European night? And he mentioned Villarreal. Villarreal. I'm like, oh, mate, he needs to have a day off. So it's Robbie Savage, the absolute nugget. Okay, good stuff. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with both of them. Um, yeah, Shawnee, uh, loser of the week. The ultimate loser of the week was Chaolo, Diego Simeone, okay. last night. Yeah, uh, well let's him st- Let's himself down massively. Um you have no idea how revered this fella is in Spanish media. Everybody fucking... It, it's the classic old tale of a face only a mother could love because the only people who like the fucker is Atletico fans. Everybody absolutely hates him. Now, look, show me a good winner and I'll show you a liar. But you have to carry yourself in certain ways. And this is a fella, he's ended up with so much fucking egg in his face in the past with his carry-on on the antics on the sideline. I remember... Ronaldo done the celebration in his face after he were 3-0 down and he came back and scored a hat-trick for, I think it was Juve. Yeah. He rubbed in his face. But the way he went on last night was, it's shy, really. It's crap. It's distasteful. Running up the line in front of Klopp, trying to egg Klopp on all night. Just, look, let me be blunt, just a fucking wanker. And he got yeah. showed up for what he is. And at the end, I love how Klopp handled it because he just kind of said, yeah, look, Old shake it's nothing to me, kind of. Yeah. It is where it is. Uh, he let himself down big time, and I can't wait to bring them back to Anfield because we better make a fucking white hot because they done everything in that power last night to, yeah. to jill doors and rattle us, and it never worked. And that would have been a big gun punch for them. And the fact that we actually could send these fuckers into the Europa League would be brilliant, would be bittersweet because let's be honest, I'm fucking sick of the sight. Of Atletico, <laughs> the fifth, 
the 15 shit houses they've been putting out against us and that prick running around the line like an absolute clown. Well, I have to be honest with you. Thinking about bringing them back to Anfield, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I want, I want Liverpool fans jeering. I want Liverpool fans cheering when we get a, a throw in. I want Liverpool fans absolutely whistling and jeering and literally deafening from the start. I know it's a group game. I know if you get a point, we're, we're through. But I, I want us to set an example at Anfield um, to them, a real example to them as to what others can expect if you think you're going to go on like that against Liverpool. And and that's not me being blasé or being nonchalant or acting about it or up on a high horse or we're Liverpool and you, you, you can't do that to us. Do it. But let's let's see how we react then. And you come into our backyard and see how it goes on. And you know what? Again, going back to last night, Shawnee, I'm happy that happened like that. I'm happy we won like that because it shows we can do it, A, but B... It gives us a chance to actually show them what we're made of again. It gives us something else to push on. Not just not just what we won and can we get a point now in whatever it is, two weeks' time. Let We've another thing to cling on to when we go into that game. And I really love it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the Simeone show, I have to say. Just just on the Simeone thing, Gav, I think the one thing that never gets mentioned, I'm pretty certain there's a 100% chance that he spray paints black onto his head. Have you actually seen like the back of his bonnet? Yeah. It, it's like, it, it's, have you ever seen JLS used to put like a little, like the stencil on a, a, a black yeah. haircut? He does it as well. So a, 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 hot, a hot night under Anfield and you'll start seeing black paint start dripping down <laughs> the side yeah. of his head. Like Marilyn Manson standing there. Um, Fella looks like he bleeding, shaves himself for a dart. The he stadium. Doesn't. He box, looks. He, I told you what he looks <laughs> like. He looks like Honestly. a fella that he walks on a market somewhere. He does. It looks like his name is Johnny Tapia, and he's a fucking bad boys villain or something. Fuck <laughs> off out here! I can't stand the fuck out. Johnny says. Johnny says um, the atmosphere will be electric. I'm feeling. He says Shani is also on one tonight. Shani is on one. I love when Shani's on one. Um, Shani's on one most nights, which is the which is the crack. Do you ever see the way the England team brought in Smithy from Gavin and Stacey to do yeah. the team talk? Yeah. They should bring Shani in to do some of Liverpool's team talks. Yeah. I think. I, I, I'm not even Liverpool. I'd love to uh, see Shani. I'd love to see Shani going into like you know. Um, Imagine Kanate uh, and the likes of the lads, like the non-English speakers, looking at me, going, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, you know, no, no, not even football. I, 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 that wouldn't be good enough. I'll tell you what I'd love to see. Do you know, like in England, there's an MOT, isn't on your car. Here, there's an NCT. I'd love to see Shani going into an NCT centre right at about half six in the morning while all the staff turn up and just giving it the big one to them going, check the fucking cars, right? And just give it everything you have. Make sure the fucking brakes are right. Just go off and I'm having And then just walk out. Just zip up that tracksuit top and walk out. Right? Get into a banger of a car. Smoke. Get into Dell Boys. Get into Dell Boys three-wheel van and just drive off. I'm struggling getting out of bed some morning. Do you think I'd be up like a spring going around the gaff? I'd be bleeding. Bouncing the walk, out to everyone going down the road all right all right uh, but no, no I wouldn't say that well I'm going away with Shani now in two weeks we'll see what he's like the following morning um, once he's buying a point I don't give a fuck what you and he's in to be perfectly honest with you um, all right. so losers 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 Keith who's the loser of the week for you oh, for me it's Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for going against the leader of the opposition party how dare you how dare you go against the leader of the of this country's political party how dare you go against the opposition leader how can you, as a football manager, could you imagine? I could never imagine. Imagine if Rashford played for Jurgen Klopp. Jurgen Klopp would be, you know, he would come out with nothing but praise. I would, the last thing he would be doing was trying to throw one of his players under the bus. 
and Ole threw Rashford under the bus. He he, he created and such then, a storm. And then makes a big deal of it in a press conference. Yeah, and there's like, oh, the elephant in the room. There was enough elephants in the room. You know, it's like a fucking zoo in there in that fucking press conference after they lost. And, you know, end of the day, you got to support your play. It's, it's, yeah. Hodge, it's, it's, Hodge, it's Hodgson level now. Do you remember the time Van Hal went mental in the press conference? Do you remember? And he started doing United chants. That was fucking so good, lads. Remember? Yeah, but Van Hal. Van Hal. That was fucking brilliant. It was the best thing I've ever seen. At least he won the FA Cup, you know? Yeah, I know, but listen, a, forget what he won. He just went... He spade his spade. Yeah, he but he just went rasher. He just went rasher in the in the thing, and he just kept going, yeah, Van Hal. And then just grew up and walked out. It was fucking so good. I'm going to go back and watch that on YouTube later. <laughs> but yeah, that's my and and, and a special uh, mention to Peter Walton, who was getting cooked by Jolie and Lescott yesterday, and that made for excellent TV. It, at one point, it was brilliant. So it was the goal um, that we conceded uh, the first goal, right? So Jolian was like convinced that Joel Matip would have made that clearance if Thomas Lamar did not run in front of him from an offside position. And Peter Walton was like, oh, yes, well, you know, the rules of the game state that... Um, and Julian Lescott's like, yeah, but, you know, the, the, that's why that's why, um, that's why, why you need more uh, Premier League footballers, you know, looking at actually people who play the game. He said, that's why oh. you need people who play the game uh, uh, helping with these decisions. You've got to see it if you can get footage of this. Like, easy At one point, Lescott is even talking over Peter Walton as Peter Walton is giving his, his reasoning. It's brilliant. And and Peter Walton goes into full referee. I, I, is this the fella on, is this the fella on BT? Yes. Yeah. And the way he talks, you think, no wonder I players love Peter Walton. I remember watching the game one day and um, they had Peter Walton in the studio or whatever. You know, they, they do that during the game, don't they? And they go, let's ask Peter about that decision. <laughs> and I don't, I can't remember what game it was, but they went to Peter he three times. every time. He, he gave him three <laughs> scenarios right live and he was like, I can't see that being a penalty. It was Liverpool Straight away, the ref gave a pen, right? And he gave him three different scenarios and everything he said, the fucking exact opposite happened. It was Liverpool, Brighton, Robbo and Welbeck. No, no don't get me started. No, don't. Oh, no, I don't think like, it was. I think this game, this like, game involved Man City. I'm really sure it wasn't the game. There's absolutely no way this penalty is given. And <laughs> yeah, then your man, yeah, man Fletcher just goes, he's given it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's only top, it's only top by the time um, Steve McLaren was in the Sky Studios watching England against oh, um, Iceland. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we're on top here. All we need to do is tour the screw. Uh, there's only one team in this at the moment. And then he goes, oh, Oh no! <laughs> and Iceland scored, and I was crying on the sofa watching it. My old friend, <laughs> I was so fucking funny. Uh, but like, I love when stuff like that happens. But um, all is definitely yeah. I didn't give, I didn't give um, winners all losers, did I? Um, winners, um, <laughs> uh, the Arsenal fan that went absolutely rasher um, when they got a last minute winner. I thought that was so fucking good. Our last minute draw. Um, I think awesome. he was on AFTV. Um, with the guy Turkish, Turkish sound, but your man is going mad and he's he's shouting at Arsenal fans that have left the ground as if Arsenal fans have left the ground and turned on AFTV while they walk back to that car, which was so funny. And uh, loser of the week is definitely Gary Neville because he talks so much other shit. It's untrue. And yeah, and look, don't get me wrong. I look uh, the fact that he's moving into politics.
politics and he's he has a voice in the politics that arena at the moment I think is a good thing because he's he's a working class fella regardless of what money he has he's a working class ah, fella he's a, not, a fella calling himself a champagne socialist lad. yeah I know but, but yeah but I, to be honest with you I, 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 I've He's using his he's using his position there to actually put forward things Daddy from, never, from me. He's using from me. his position for his own benefit. The fucking wank. probably, but the words coming out of his mouth are probably right in, in what he's saying with regards to what the government are up to over there. And it's look, it's none of my business. But I'm gonna build um, a hotel in the area out of money for my testimony, and it's it's <laughs> gonna be great for the area and the fans. But I'm gonna charge a three hundred and fifty pound a night to stay. <laughs> it's a fucking other tourist trap. He's an absolute ham wallet. Well, I think um, <laughs> he's got. Gone again. He's gone again. I cannot stand the fuck. <laughs> I'm But anyway, um, yeah. Listen, but overall, the stuff he's coming out with at the moment is just utter bullshit. Absolute utter bullshit. So um, he's definitely me loser of the week. I can't believe we just say Gary Neville. Shawnee had another conniption. It was so fucking good. Um, that's it. I think we've done we've done winners and we've done losers and stuff like that. Um, last couple of things, right? Um, people are loving this they're like keep going Johnny anything else you want to grab your chest and I always do ask people at the end anything else before we go and I'm fucking terrified to ask Johnny now in about three minutes time so if you have anything Johnny make your mind up and just pick one I'm thing gonna, I'm going to go down and start screaming at the cutler in me and draw now honestly anyway listen um, Sienna Steps uh, €115,207 was raised just before we come on to the show tonight so that leaves us 4793 um, you're all short I think of me, me maths are right Sienna was on Irish TV this morning with our mother Leslie um, telling people all about um, the next sort of things they have coming up fundraisers I know our father and some of his workmates are climbing uh, I think maybe the tallest mountain in Ireland uh, Karen Tewell. Um it could be I could be wrong um, I'm not very good at that sort of stuff but they're doing that um, and they're also having a benefit night in a theatre um, in just outside Dublin in the next couple of weeks as well to hopefully raise that last but look at that it's less than five grand to go so please 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 in the description you will see um, you will see the link for uh, Sienna um, and the last thing tonight, the last, last, last thing tonight is this Man On Football Show is a new channel that we are going to launch in the next month or so. A um, couple of us involved with the day trippers are going to be doing this, me and Shawnee included. And it's kind of being born out of the fact that we love talking Liverpool, don't get us wrong. But we do find a lot of people that watch this show love all sorts of football, you know, um, in Premier League obviously um, and they're well able to discuss stuff in the Premier League but the likes of German football Italian, French um, South American I know Keith Keith wants to do a load of stuff in South America Keith has a show that he wants to put on this channel and it's going to be fucking brilliant look I've never seen Shani as excited about a show in my life right um, but this is the show um, Man on Football Show there it is that's what it looks like on YouTube of course there's no content there but we're looking to do this from next month it's going to have um, probably two shows a week to start off with. and if, it, if it's popular and people like it we'll build it up if it's not we'll just stop it it's no big deal alright but we're going to put um, the same amount the same amount of um, effort into that as we deal with this and we're going to try bringing in guests that you've never seen before on the likes of the LFC day trip we're going to bring in guests from um, you know that are experts or, or really big interest in the likes of German football Italian French uh, Spanish wherever it might be and of course the likes of MLS South America internationals wherever it might be it's just something 
where we like talking about football outside of Liverpool, so we thought we'd give this a go as well. So if you want to go on there, Man On Football Show, and hit the subscribe button, um, and we're looking to do this in November. Just So that's that's about it, just to let you know, okay? So you're not wondering when November comes, what is he doing on that channel? Um, that's what's happening. So here we go, the big one of the night. Um, anything else before we go? Keith. I'm speechless. No, 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 no. You know what? I'll give my airtime to Shawnee, man. Okay. Shawnee will just say he's nothing now. He's just going much. Uh, Jamie, anything else before we go? I think I, I echo some of the comments uh, in the chat. Can Shawnee do us a, a, a book of sayings? Yeah. Because Ham Wallace, like you were talking about Sienna there, <laughs> yeah. and I was still chuckling to myself. Yeah. I thought, hold on, I Don't need to compose myself a little bit here. A, Shawnee's, a book of sayings from Shawnee, I think, would uh, would fly off the shelves. So, yeah, that's my yeah. request. I'm gonna say I'm gonna set some. It's gonna be called. It's like only fans, but it's gonna be called only cans, and you can just pay only me cans. Guinness, okay. in Guinness. Okay. Cans of Guinness. Yeah. Can yeah, I get yeah, in on that? I'll have a whole uh, library of me old science there for you. So. Yeah. Red tape, the, tall, the tallest thing in Ireland is, is Shani's Hoy Hosh. That dead fucking right. It's yeah. Hoy Hosh. I defend you, Sam. Do the week. Um, yeah. Well. Going that down. <laughs> um, yeah, could you imagine going around Ireland with the the, the book of shiny sayings, and or not Ireland, just around Europe, and you know, could you translate it into other stuff, wouldn't you, into Spanish and stuff like that, and just yeah. going around saying the stuff like, like that, really good. When you said Ham Wallace, I had uh, Canate in my head, and imagine you saying Ham Wallace to Canate, like you said before, you're going into the dressing room <sighs> dropping these sayings. Well, <laughs> oh, that's that's a PG. If I said what I really wanted to say, he'd be fucked off. So yeah. I better not. Gav, cut me off before we all get pulled out. <laughs> well, look, um, it's been a cracking show, an hour and 35 minutes, which is longer than we usually do, but it was the, the chat was so good tonight. Um, from the people in the chat and the people with me here tonight um, that we just kept going. As I said, don't forget to see any stuff. Please, please, please. Like four and a half off, just show you five grand left. We're going to do it. Um, it's just a case of when. Um, if, you, if you're interested in watching us do more stuff around world football, I suppose, and um, new guests, interviews, analysis on leagues, um, and, and all, sor- all sorts of stuff. There is a show from Keto that probably inspired this. Sean, you probably agree with me. It probably inspired this. And um, you know Keith, he loves his football. He loves getting deep into shit. And he has, he has a show that's going to get deep into different things in football. And it's, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, right. Jamie, thanks a million. Um, it's been My an pleasure. absolute pleasure. Shawnee, um, you haven't got a shut down. Fair fucks to you. Um, and uh, Keith, it's been an absolute pleasure as always. Tomorrow night, Carnage from 10. Friday is Sports Unplugged. With me and Kevin Sullivan are due to do that. Um, nothing on Saturday. Pre and post match Sunday with the Fatback 4 on Sunday night. Um, that's about it, I think. Um, over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.